Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. This is wonderful. Hey, welcome back. I'm glad you made it. The directions we gave you, I know, are a little confusing. To tune into the podcast, we said, in the MapQuest directions we printed out, said, go down I-5 for 100 miles, turn left at the big barn, go back, turn around, we fucked up, go back and turn right at the big barn. I do not like landmark directions. No, and it's good that we've evolved past that. Like, how, is that the biggest barn? Is there going to be a bigger barn? You'll know when you see the biggest barn, Rachel. It's pretty freaking <laughs> big. Um, it's kind of like a TARDIS barn, like it's got like a hundred barns inside of it. Um, and sometimes they call it Barnes and Noble, and that can be fun. Come on down to the TARDIS barn. TARDIS burn. So this is a show about things that we're really into and things that we really like. And I got a small wonder for you. Ooh. Kolaches. Did you have one this morning? I may have had one this morning. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> I may have had two this morning. Whoa. I'm, and I may have more in the refrigerator because I thought I might have a double. Here, I might have a breakfast kolache and a lunchtime kolache. Ooh. It, yeah. I'm now, a worried now about you're making a face. What that's going to do to you. If you do not know, kolaches are these wonderful things. They're like hot pockets, but great. They're like great hot pockets. They're just little dough. Guys, little buttery rolls, little buttery rolls stuffed with whatever you want, savory or sweet snacks in there. Here, you, what kind you get? I got some, you know, pan sausage, egg and cheese, mm. and I got one sweet one with like uh, cream cheese and blueberry, and it's very, very good. And I ate two of them for breakfast, and I will have two for lunch. And nobody can stop me. I'm unemployed. <laughs> I can do whatever we, I want. My body doesn't know it has a job anymore, and so I can fill it with just hot pockets. Did you tell the massage therapist um, you're going to be kneading out some kolaches? I said you're gonna, we're going to be working on some tight knots and some loose bowels. <laughs> I went and got a massage today. I've talked about this before. Do you have any small wonders? I do. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's the Childish Gambino. Oh, this is yeah. America track. It's very, very and good. And accompanying video. Yeah, it's really good. I've watched it like like 15 times. I watched it again this morning. It is cha- It is challenging. I think it is safe yes. to say more challenging perhaps than a lot of the fare that we bring. And I, I am only bringing it as a small wonder because a lot of people with more background and education are talking about this. And I think I would advise you to check that out. Yeah, uh, for sure. But I enjoyed it and wanted to share that. Yeah. He is fucking inspiring. Yes. In that he does, like, everything. Yes. Like, I loved him on Community, and I think that's where, uh, and, and I knew of some, like, Childish Gambino tracks, but, like, to see him fucking stick his toe in every imaginable creative and water. And just, show, and Atlanta, too. yeah, and just, like, fucking crush all of them is really, yeah. really incredible. Um, I think you go first this week. Yay! Go for it. All right, so what I am bringing this week. Yump. Are my yeah. very wonderful dairy-free life hacks? Oh, dairy-free life hacks! I've heard yes. of these. Yes. So I've talked about this on the show before. Uh, when our son was two weeks old, uh, his pediatrician identified that he was uh, very likely suffering from a milk protein allergy. He had what medical professionals call his butt exploded while we were at the hospital. And it's good that it happened while we were at the hospital because if it had happened at home, I would have fainted and fallen down the you stairs. You always say hospital, it's the doctor's office. It's the same thing. No, hospital suggests like a more serious ailment. It's at doctor's office, but did explode. And that's not me speaking colorfully. 
His butt cheeks and butt. <laughs> sorry, what? So this is so this is different than like lactose intolerance, for example, which I think a lot of people kind of confuse it with that when I talk about it. Uh, it's it's literally the protein that is found in cow's milk uh, that um, his digestive system is not able to process. It's more insidious, I think, than than a, 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 a run-of-the-mill lactose intolerance, which I <laughs> possess. <laughs> um, so it wasn't, he was too young, obviously, to be drinking cow's milk himself. But if I was eating anything with cow's milk in it, uh, I was passing it along to him and it was making him sick. And the very body is just so wild. The ways and, it works. Yes. And the terrible thing about this is that it takes a long time to get out of your system. Uh, so I think they said something like uh, two weeks for him, but four months for me. Or- four, I thought it was just one month for you. Four months would be wild if you accidentally drink a little bit of a milkshake that's just four months of tummy trubs. Well, I mean, it was a long-term usage. Yes. Um, but yeah, it took me a while to kind of figure out how to do this because I didn't realize, you know, how close I had to read the ingredients. So a lot of times I would slip up and I would see an almost immediate impact on him. Yeah. The bigger like thing that was tougher to avoid, I feel like was soy, soy. Yeah, which is commonly goes hand in hand with cow's milk protein allergy is they can't do soy. And that's in, Hey y'all fucking everything. Yeah. There's something about the construction of the protein and soy that's very similar to cow's milk. And so I avoided that for a long time. Um, just out of a precaution, and it wasn't until he was a little bit older that we determined he was no longer allergic to A lot that. of dry-ass sush. A lot yeah. of sush without that good brown helper friend that we call soy sauce, which yes. has it right there in the name. Yes. Uh, so I, along the way, discovered a lot of really great substitutes uh, and, and various food items, and I wanted to share those. And I'll, we should mention these apply to our friends who, by choice, do not drink uh, do not. I mean, I guess even if you have lactose intolerance yeah. and you drink milk, that's still a choice. But like, who, a lot of who folks are vegan, to? for yeah. example. Um, that was that. I couldn't remember the word vegan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then if if you're like most people, a lot of times dairy just kind of upsets your stomach generally. Sure. So uh, here are some some tips. Yeah. What have you? What have you? I mean, I'm asking you, but I've been subject to these products as well, and I have my own thoughts about some of them. Well, okay. Uh, so there are various ice creams, uh, that are, I think, phenomenal. They're fucking really good. Yes. Uh, so a national one is so delicious. Uh, and they have various ice creams that are made from coconut, almond, soy, or cashew milk. And they're very, very good. I get a salted caramel one that's very good. Uh, recently I had a chocolate cookies and cream one that was very, very good. I secretly eated some of your ice cream like one bite at a time, I would go in the kitchen while you were watching TV, and I'd be like, I want one bite of ice cream, but I didn't have any, so I'd eat a little bit of yours. It is as good as, yes. if not sometimes better than the real deal Holyfield. Well, and that's why I'm talking about this. So our, our the allergy he has a lot of kids grow out of as they get older, and sometimes it takes a long time, but Henry seems to be at a point now where he has grown out of the allergy, but I am still eating these foods because they're tasty and I've developed an affection for them. This is a point of contention between Rachel yeah. and I because yeah, my, my, do- my dog is up in daycare literally eating grilled cheese sandwiches and Rachel's <laughs> like, I don't know if I should put butter on my toast this morning. Like, you wicked can. He can eat butter on his toast. <laughs> and that, that's the thing. So because of this allergy, it, it led me to breastfeeding longer than I had planned to uh, because I couldn't start giving him whole milk uh, when he turned one like a lot of kids do. Uh, so I continue to breastfeed and, and still do at this point, although sure. 
I probably could stop. Yes, we're probably nearing the end. Uh, so a local uh, brand of ice cream is not a moo. Mm, that's local? Yeah. It's, it's made very in good. Austin. Uh, and they have a chocolate peanut butter that's incredible. And a lot of it. chocolate and peanut butter sort of influences yes. on your yes on your life. Uh, so another dessert item, Enjoy Life, is a brand uh, that makes like a series of dessert treats, like cookies, for example. I get the double chocolate brownie cookies a lot. Again, like they have a snickerdoodle kind. Some, some really tasty. I, this is good because you were eating these as sort of a necessity, but I was eating them in the kitchen when you weren't looking because they were your special <laughs> cookies, and they kept me coming back and sneaking into the kitchen and eating the food like a goblin and coming back for more. These are very good. They have a website. They also sell like chocolate chips. So if you were to make, for example, dairy-free cookies with, um, there's a, uh, what is it called? Uh, something, Earth Balance makes a, uh, like a vegan butter spread. So if you were to make like a cookie, uh, you could use Enjoy Life chocolate chips and the, uh, the balance. Let's talk about this faux butter or butter, if you will, (laughs) because this butter um, was all we had in the house. And so whenever I had to like cook something that, for instance, had a pan sauce. Yeah. Uh, the, the butter when applied to any amount of heat above body temperature turns into Mm, gross water, basically. Yeah, it's kind of like sweat a little it's bit. A, it, it, sweat is a great way, <laughs> which then makes me wonder if they've emulsified the sweat and turned it into the product. I do not know. You spread this shit on toast, I'm down to clown until I'm in the ground. You try to make a pan sauce out of it. It tastes like old Gatorade. <laughs> um, and the nice thing about Earth Balance is they have a spread that is also soy-free, which is hard to find because obviously most sure. margarine is dairy-free, but this was also soy-free, which That's I like. sneaky thief soy. Uh, so here's another point of contention among me and Griffin. Mm. Uh, when it comes to pizza mm. or macaroni and cheese, mm. um there is a brand called Daya, D-A-I-Y-A. Yeah. And they make a like mozzarella style or cheddar style uh, cheese product that is actually largely made from tapioca starch mm. and coconut oil. Um, I like it. It gets the job done. Yes. But I also think that they made a slight tactical error by leaving Rhea off the end of their name because I feel like every time I've eaten a significant amount of it, it has put me on the bench for the big game of life. You say this, but if you eat a lot of pizza with just regular cheese this on it... This is a good point. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fair point. Um, I I like it. It melts like cheese. Um, it kind of tastes like a like a laughing cow cheese spread. Like it it doesn't taste exactly like cheese, mm. but it suggests cheese, and I appreciate that about it. <laughs> it tricks cheese. It's a cheese trick, kind of that they play. It. No, it's a, it, it is above average. I would say I I enjoy it. A and bit. then the final two things I wanted, or well, actually. I have one other dessert item that I forgot, and this is also local, but it's called Better Bites Bakery. Uh, they have cupcakes, specifically cupcakes that are very similar to Hostess cupcakes. 
They're dairy-free. Their whole model is free of the top eight food allergens, which include gluten, dairy, soy, eggs, corn, nuts, among others. Hmm. Uh, and they are also local, so I don't know if you can get them nationally. You must have crammed these as soon as you brought them home, because I'm always on the hunt for your your foods and Yeah, I didn't them. bring these home. <laughs> oh, so you've learned. <laughs> they, have, they have them at like Whole Foods and Central Market, and so sometimes if I'm picking up lunch, I'll grab a little dessert. Can I mention one dessert thing that I was never a big fan of? Uh, and I think you kind of fell off too was dark chocolate because dark chocolate doesn't have t- typically like if you get it dark enough, it doesn't have any like cocoa butter or butter yeah. or anything in it. But once it, what's your threshold? Because for me, it's about 55%. Anything darker than that, it tastes like. Yeah, there's poison. this brand. Is it called Pasha? Yeah, I think yeah. So. Griffin used to pick this up for me because there was a really great. Uh, convenience store near us that had a lot of fancy chocolates and this was one of them um yeah at 55 is tends to be my favorite anything over like 60 starts to be like bitter yeah yeah uh okay so then so that's all the kind of food items but i wanted to call out two fast food restaurants that provide very detailed nutritional information on their website Mm. so you can select on their website through their menu for allergens you want to avoid interesting one of them is chipotle hey we have talked about on the show before and part of the reason that i'm a big advocate for chipotle is because they make it easy they've been good friends to to you and i yeah they make it easy for you to check and make sure that there aren't hidden allergens in your food and also panera does that too oh I feel like the line's always too crazy at Panera for us to ever go there, yeah, but it's nice that they th- are thinking about us. Yeah. So that those are those are my little dairy-free life hacks. I'm I'm going to continue to eat a lot of those foods because, you know, dairy has a lot of fat and can make you feel kind of sick and and I've developed a taste for those. So yes. it's just kind of a an easier way to live for me in a lot of ways. I remember when we found out like it was a it was a it was an upsetting moment uh, because a our child was sick but also because like that was that the idea of that restriction seemed really wild to to you and i well but uh, yeah. these these things made it like actually a lot more manageable especially once you could eat soy again soy was i will say like genuinely very difficult and it made it actually hard for us to like go out to eat anywhere yeah because dairy you can go to a restaurant and just be like i can't do dairy but to say like do you have soy in your foods the answer to that sometimes is i have no fucking idea yeah soy is in a lot of bread products uh it's it, it must be and I didn't do research on this, but it must have some kind of preservative quality because they put it in a lot of things. For example, another treat that is dairy-free are Oreos, yes. but Oreos have soy, so yes. I had to avoid those when I was avoiding uh, soy. Which, all of that is to say, like, I am also genuinely thankful for these things because it actually made it a lot more bearable uh, to, to well, for you and for me to, to go through this because I ate so much of it, too, when you weren't looking when you were distracted i would throw a <laughs> coin into the kit into the into like the the living room and you'd be like what was that noise like i was playing metal gear solid and you'd go check it out i'd be in there scrumming scrumming <laughs> on your chocolate dips do you want to know my first thing yes it's a bit abstract okay but i couldn't stop thinking about it when planning for this episode childhood interior design again an abstract concept but as we start to like fill out our our new house that we are living in now with with stuff, um, I had the most powerful memory come back to me about how psyched I always was to decorate like my space in the house that I grew up in. And this, by the look you're giving me, may not be the most relatable concept, 
Um, but in our house, like our bedrooms were always up to us to lay out. Like I remember my mom and dad never like came in there and were like, okay, so let's put this here. Let's put this here. I've bought this new, uh, you know, bookshelf and I'm going to put all this stuff on it. This it was totally up to us. so much about your video game interests and things like Animal Crossing where you like design your space. I think it probably does. But I also think that this is kind of uh, to a lot of people like this idea of ownership and self-expression being very important to a young person, I think is universally relatable, even if it doesn't manifest necessarily like that, like, like this. But, um, I think that, uh, I was an indoor kid, right? And so I spent a lot of time in my bedroom. And so I always really celebrated the opportunity to customize my space. And looking back at at that idea, what I really love is the massive amounts of unearned confidence that I had in terms <laughs> of my interior design chops. Because I would look at my bedroom um, once Justin moved out, I should say, and Travis and I weren't rooming together anymore, which... <sighs> <sighs> Jesus. Griffin still uses, this is something I didn't realize with siblings. Griffin still uses Travis as a touchstone. Like whenever I'll ask him a question, he'll be like, well, you know, Travis would do this or this isn't how Travis did it. And I realized like, oh, this is really formative for you. I, I do that with Justin too, I think to a degree. <laughs> yeah. but Travis and I, you know, lived in the same room together. And then we lived together in Cincinnati, yeah. um, which was doable. Uh, the sharing the same room was a complete <laughs> non-starter, Clant, Clant. <laughs> Um, I would look at my bedroom and I would say, okay, what can I do in here? How about I stack up these empty Nintendo 64 game boxes on the bookshelf in a cool pyramid there? And I got a couple swords that I'm going to post up in the corner of the room. That'll look great. I'm going to put the TV and the aforementioned Nintendo 64 on a shelf like five inches away from the bed i got oh, a post uh, i got a poster for the movie space jam that's gonna look really good next to the door here's a gundam model that i bought at mid ohio con despite the fact that i've never watched an episode of any gundam anime i'm gonna put that <laughs> where is a good spot for that here's a dartboard that i bought at a yard sale and have literally never played with i think i'll put that right on the back of the <laughs> door that's gonna look really good there and the the resulting. Can you give me an age range for all these examples you're giving? This would be, let's see, Justin's six years older than me, uh, and he I think moved away temporarily in like the summer of his freshman or sophomore year of college. So I would have been like thirteen. Okay, that um, seems right. Uh, the resulting room of this design crucible would be completely aesthetically repellent but it was but it was mine it was my space and i always really really just anytime i saw something and had the idea of like oh i can put that in my room mm-hmm. i always did you not have this did you not have like your room that you designed and you like would find essentially junk that you could put up in there but it was like your junk in your space and you felt like ownership of it well, there's there's a couple things here. First of all, I had that like really abrasive sand paint, oh. you know, so you couldn't stick anything to it. Mm. Um, anything tacky would get like kind of burrowed in the crevices and tape wouldn't work. Sure. So I didn't have like posters up or anything. Okay. And then around middle school, I got into sunflowers. And so there was kind of a sunflower bedspread curtain theme. Nice. Uh, and I also liked the perfume sunflowers. I really doubled down on sunflowers. I had a cologne display on top of oh, my- Griffin. Um, was it mostly Axe body spray? Axe was present. <laughs> no, not Axe. I'm sorry. Bod. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
the squirt, I, even the squirt bottle. The squirt bottle spray. Um, and it worked. I would say the biggest thing I had in my room that I was the most excited about was the Papasan chair. Mm. That felt like a real decorating choice for me. And was, I was that proud of it. was that your your pickup or was that a? a I think a I asked for it as a present. I see, I see, I see. I had some of that too. I had like a keyboard I didn't buy. It was like the cheapest Casio keyboard ever, but yeah. I had it in my room and I felt like a little artiste. Um, so when I was in high school, I was over at my my best friend's house the minskers and we decided to turn their unused basement into a rec room yeah, with their parents blessing you told me about this. and this is this is like a, i think an even more unrelatable idea um it was a it was they were not using this basement they were mostly using it for storage but we saw this space and we're, nobody was using it. we're like we can t- have parties in here and so we were off to the fucking races we went to every <laughs> open box outlet store and bought the cheapest half broken furniture imaginable we bought every yard sale beanbag chair that we saw on the side of the road we purchased like a half dozen disco lights and like plasma balls from oh spencer's gosh. gifts is this spencer's- also how old are you at this point uh, I'm, you know, high school, like 14, okay. 15. Spencer's Gifts, by the way, is to like a 14-year-old interior designer, basically Pier yeah. 1 Imports. Uh, I did have a lava lamp f- from there. Oh, I had a lava lamp, too, um, that I think I won at like a trivia contest at church. That's a weird anecdote. <laughs> but then we had a bunch of parties down there, like sleepovers and, and stuff. And like New Year's Eve parties, we would have uh, like, we had like, four new year's eve parties in a row with all our friends down there and we'd like stay up and you know count the count the ball down and then we'd have like a sleepover down there and it was so cool and i looked forward to to that party for months because it was happening in this space that we built for ourselves entirely it was so fucking roundhouse this idea (laughs) of like this clubhouse that is entirely our own creation like i felt so um i was very excited by that but i think more importantly like i felt empowered by that in a way that like i didn't feel empowered about a lot of stuff when i was a kid um and so i think there's something powerful in, in in this idea for a young person i think that young people need to have their own space that they feel comfortable in and responsible for um and and they they make themselves comfortable in it by making it like decidedly them and i was very fortunate to like have that experience in my childhood um although i do think it informed some of my clumsy interior design ideas as an adult in an irreparable (laughs) way um but yeah that's something i i've been thinking about a lot this did you guys i know that you went to a pretty crowded high school did you have a locker for yourself that you would decorate too uh, you know what? In high school, I don't ever think I used my locker. Oh, really? You just carried it around? I all think your I books just carried around all my books all the time. Wow! In middle school, I definitely used it, but in my high school was was quite large, and so like, um, my locker would be you know on one end of one wing of the school, and like, I'm not gonna yeah. fucking walk all the way up to the the language arts section. I'm down in Science Town. No way. Yeah. See, the locker, I wonder why I have back problems. <laughs> the locker is where I really, I went for it. I uh, would, I would think about kind of how I would customize my locker. Tell me more. Every school year, uh, middle school is probably the best example. Um, my friend Amy and I got um, stickers um, that were for CK one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a very nineties reference. I'm yes. making right now, it was a sticker that smelled like the perfume. And so you could put it up inside your locker, and then your locker would smell like CK1. That's nice. Any pictures of uh, uh, fucking Jared Leto's character from My So-Called Life? No, that always 
kind of made me uncomfortable. Oh, yeah? It felt like a little too teen to me. I thought you were going to say a little too Tina from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> that, that would work, too. Um, yeah, I never wanted to, like, broadcast, like, who I was into. Yeah. You know? Sure. I know when in my room, the only posters I had of men, I had one of Curtis Joseph, the blues goaltender. In his full goaltender outfit. So it wasn't really like (laughs) a beefcake photo. (laughs) He was in goal. Uh, And then I had an REM collage um, that had several photos of Michael Stipe. I had a fat head. You know what those are? They're like sports hangups that are like, uh, they have some like depth to them. Um, They're like, they're just like big uh, decals, essentially, like huge decals of sports things. Okay. I had one that was like made out of metal and it was of Jeff Gordon and his race car for NASCAR. Yes. That this space. confuses me a lot. Yes. I never, <laughs> ever, I have not watched one NASCAR. I was think, this a radio station get? Yes. I'm so glad you put it together because I'm pretty sure it was just something that I found at the radio station. I was like, I could like Jeff Gordon Did and you, put it up in my room. Do you ever have any pictures of ladies? No. This is not uncommon for a boy's room. I was just curious. And, well, I'm thinking about like in my house that I grew up in. I'm imagining with your somewhat conservative upbringing, this would not yeah, be that dog would appreciated. not have hunted. But I, I, you know, like a, I don't think I ever have at any point in my even when I like lived with in the uh, Space Jam poster. The Space Jam poster was did Lola have Bunny Lola Bunny featured. Yeah, which definitely. she like sprawled out suggestively. Jesus. <laughs> uh, hey, can I steal you away? Yes, but I would like you to provide the music. <laughs> la 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 That's so weird. Our mailman just came in the house and did that. <laughs> Our neighbors are going to smash through the wall, Kool-Aid man style, like, is everyone okay? <laughs> it can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis, um, website design or website functionality. And you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. 
These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. This message is for Awful Squad Jr. It is from Rye. All my love and wiggles to the greatest community on the internet. I'm so happy to have made so many kind, supportive, and wonderful new friends. Thank you all for being so wonderful to me and to each other every day. QE, QE, QE. These are the buttons that you press to wiggle while playing Player Unknown's oh, Battlegrounds. Okay. It's fun. You can do it at home, like you're being controlled by the message. You know, and but then watch out because it's like click to punch. Oh no, my dad! I punched him. This is the new spec script for uh, Black Mirror. I'm writing. Uh, awful Squad. For mm. those of you that aren't familiar, is something that Griffin did for a long time when he was a Polygon. Yeah, I'm still going to be on it, like, sometimes, but they're, they're still they're still rocking over there. We just play uh, uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds every and week. And they, they set unusual rules together, yes. which make it uh, more challenging. It's Tuesday afternoons. Catch the wave. YouTube.com slash it's going to be on Friday. It's Fridays now. <laughs> Russ, Everything's changed. Russ just tweeted about it. So YouTube.com slash Polygon. While you're there, check out Brand Slam. It's a new show I did an episode of. And watch Gil and Gilbert and everything they have. Yeah. This next message is for David. It is from Julia. Hey, Goose. It's Goose. Happy 24th birthday, bro. Six months ago, I left you a birthday surprise. Behind the picture in your room of a long desert road, and you'll find a note that will send you on a fantastical scavenger hunt. Holy shit. Which will lead you to your birthday present and dinner. I barely know her. <laughs> like dinner, I barely know her. <laughs> I could have read that better. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, the way you read it made it even funnier. <laughs> Shit, that's uh, is this for real? Um, wait, let me finish the message. Oh, okay. Okay, you'll find a note that will send you on a fantastical scavenger hunt, which will lead you to your birthday present and dinner. I barely know her. With yours truly, love you, goose. Happy hunting. Holy shit. Uh, the t suggested time frame was near April 29th, so not too uh, bad. Yeah, we're close. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, a scavenger hunt. I know. Though. I should do that for you sometime. You would really get into it. If, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would need a certain level of challenge. I'm yeah, no, I know. I'm pretty good at hunting. I know. Quail, um, bear, moose and squirrel. <laughs> The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Laurie Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Week, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, Alexander Torsani, Rich Summer, Ellen Morales, Matt Gordy, 
and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. Hey, what's your second thing? My second thing. My second thing is... Kathy Tucky, Marianne Chase, Dennis Tolman, Agnes Gregg, Dane Williams, Spear Morgan, and Eric Steinhoff. I don't know any of these clowns. They're my former teachers. Oh. Today. I'm sorry I call them clowns. <laughs> today is, as we are recording, I believe is Teacher Appreciation Day. Mm. And at least at our son's daycare, it is Teacher Appreciation Month. Yeah. So I thought I would bring some of my my most favorite teachers this week. Cool. Um, Did I have any of them? Probably not. Shoot, I was just fine. I wanted to. I wanted to talk about how great they were too. I, <laughs> I mean, still you feel are bad welcome to share clowns. teachers that you also enjoy. I guess I had a couple. If you good happen ones. to know their first and last name, which is oh no, I mean Mister and Mrs. and Doctor Miss. Uh, so the teachers I all read uh, range from kindergarten all the way up through graduate school, and they are teachers that specifically encouraged me for a particular you know, talent or skill they thought that I had, yeah. um, kind of going above and beyond what was required of their teaching duties. Uh, they kind of recognized a particular quality in me and, and would kind of make me feel special for that, um, which is not a requirement of being a teacher. Obviously, the best teachers have that, but um, these all really improved my confidence uh, and, and kind of made me more talented in that area as a result. Yeah. Um, my, so my parents were both trained, uh, to be elementary education teachers. Uh, and then my mom, all three of my mom's sisters also, uh, at one time or another pursued teaching. That is, that's wild to me. I yeah. guess not that wild. I mean, me and my brothers all do the same yeah. shit. My, my grandmother also had a, a great interest in teaching. I just, I, I feel like I've been like surrounded by teachers my whole life and yeah. I've always had a lot of respect for it. Um, and I, I feel like it's incredible to me to see how much of themselves a lot of teachers bring yeah. to the table. Our, our friend Anna is a teacher and she's incredible and she brings so much of herself to the classroom, which makes such a huge difference. Um, and when I say like themselves, I mean, a lot of teachers bring their own money and their own like resources from home and a lot of extra time, uh, just to like really make the kids feel special and cared for. Uh, and I just, I just respect it tremendously. Yeah. Like so much so that I was intimidated by it. You know, I had friends that, became teachers. Uh, and it, it was obviously something that I was kind of interested in, but I was intimidated by it because I realized how hard it was, you know, and, and how great the commitment was and how much responsibility you were taking on. And how thankless for the most part yeah. it is, except for today, this special day. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I, I, I felt like I can't do that because it's so hard. Uh, and, I would feel bad if I weren't able to really make a huge difference in these kids' lives because teachers have always been like such a a powerful uh, figure for me. So, do you remember one? Can you share one anecdote of like something a teacher did that like you like it changed changed your changed the, tra the trajectory of your young life? Oh my gosh! Well, I mean, everybody I read did that to an extent, but I mean, a few examples. Um, Agnes Gregg, when we uh, took her freshman English class, we all read To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. And this is a book that I think every freshman class read every single year. And she, I remember 
we got to the point where they, they do the verdict in the, um, the courtroom with Atticus Finch. And there's the moment where, uh, Scout is up in the balcony and, uh, her, uh, the woman sitting next to her says, you know, stand up, your, your daddy's passing, uh, as he leaves the courtroom. And our ninth grade teacher, like, couldn't read that scene out loud because it made her so emotional that she, like, had somebody in the class read it instead. And I just remember being really struck by that of, like, they teach this every year. You've done this, I don't know how many times. And it, like, still is so powerful for you that you, like, can't read it out loud. And I just, I always had such respect for her and kind of the passion she brought. And she was also very supportive of me because I was, I was a big overachiever in all my English classes. Yeah. Uh, and she always made me feel real special. Oh, and I also, I didn't read, uh, or I didn't mention, but Dane Williams was my marching band instructor oh. when I was in high school. I don't know if I read his name or not. Um, and he was just like, he was very passionate about music and very passionate about the community that marching band was. And I remember this was my, also my freshman year of high school. He had, before the big band competition, like the state band competition, he had us all lay down on the floor and he played this music and he gave us all these little heart beads. And cause like a big part of it was like bringing your heart to the performance. And so he like passed around heart beads for every single person in the marching band, which was like hundreds of people. Uh, and had us all lay on the floor and played this music and gave us this like motivational speech. And I just remember thinking like, this is the sweetest thing yeah. ever. Like, Obviously. Was that the year that Mr. Holland's Opus came out? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It was uh, the show we did that year was Queen music. Though. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah. Uh, so we did like Bohemian Rhapsody and Bicycle Race. Uh, we are the champions. Yeah, and so it's just these moments of people. Like obviously, this has nothing to do with standardized tests or grades. That um, stuff is important too in its own way, yeah. but. Yeah. This is the stuff you remember. Like feeling like I was connecting with another human. Yeah. Like not as a figure of authority, but somebody who was really enjoyed the thing they were sharing with me and, and made me feel very close to them and made me trust them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so when they were supportive of me, it meant so much more. Yeah, because sure. it was like I saw who they were as a person and I respected them. And then when they supported me, I felt like this is this is somebody who is sincere and it means a lot that they – they support me too. The teachers I remember and I'm I'm so grateful to are the ones who uh, I was such a fucking lazy kid and I was so I was good at tests but bad at school if that makes sense and so like the the teachers I remember are the ones who like pushed pushed me by like not taking any bullshit which I historically am not very re receptive to, but was in, <laughs> in cases where I could tell that they were doing it because they wanted me to actually do a good job. So like Dan Hollis, uh, who was my uh, like advisor in, in college, who just like didn't, didn't accept any bullshit yeah. and uh, really, really pushed me out of my comfort zone, helped me to apply for that MTV uh, uh, choose or lose like campaign coverage thing I did in 2008, yeah. which like was not my milieu. And then I got it and I was yeah. like, Oh no, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> um, is, is a big one. And then there was in high school, uh, Tootie Ray, who was the, uh, she was the English teacher there. And she also taught TV news class, the like yeah. broadcast class, which I went into like on a whim and then like straight up changed the course of my life. Cause I was a theater major up until that point, And then I did that. And she encouraged me to like do whatever the fuck 
it again it was very roundhouse in that class it was just like yeah make whatever and we're gonna put it on the whole tv news uh <laughs> and so we would make dumb stupid comedy videos that were barely news at all and she like encouraged me to like break out of my shell and try yeah. to make funny things that people at my school who had no idea who i was would have to watch would be forced to watch every friday for you know the first eight minutes of class it's so interesting when you talk about like when people talk about their favorite teachers it's such a good clue into kind of how they became who they are yeah like all those examples you gave like led you very specifically yeah to, for like, sure the path that you're on now yeah I, I i've had a lot of great teachers but those those two were the ones that like really stuck out to me as far as like I am where I am because of them. Tootie Ray fucking made two classes for me. <laughs> I was, I did like TV news one and TV news two. And then like, I was done, but I like really liked doing it. And she could tell I was very passionate about it. And I wasn't passionate about literally anything else <laughs> in school. And so she created two more elective classes for me. Yeah. She was great. Um, do you want to know my second thing? Yes. We've talked about this before, but we've never done a whole segment on it. And in like researching it, I think it's very, very cool. I want to talk about Spotify's Discover Weekly playlist. Oh, okay. Um, I am not a very active user of like social media stuff, partially because like, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just like don't super enjoy it, but also because I think like unchecked data collection and exploitation is categorically bad for human civilization except for the case of spotify's <laughs> discover weekly playlist which is very good actually um so if, you, if you're not a spotify user or you've never used this feature before and you don't know uh every week spotify generates for its users a 30 song long playlist uh comprised of music that kind of matches what you've been listening to but that you haven't listened to on spotify before and probably haven't heard before and miraculously i would say it's it's hitting about 60 percent, 70 percent of the songs on that playlist are fucking great no matter what and that is a very 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 high hit rate um there are other services like pandora i think is the first one i can remember ever using i remember when i worked at tridata scanning documents from 4 p.m to midnight every day of the week um i would would need music and i would listen to pandora and i was skipping about every other song and hearing like a lot of repeats yeah. uh, itunes has sort of a similar service and both of those use their own algorithms but in my opinion they're they're a lot more hit or miss um Spotify, it's got mostly jams on its playlist. And um, this is really useful for me because I have a very bad habit and always have of just like having the music I listen to without branching out and finding new music. And over the past couple of years, Discover Weekly has been the way that I have found almost all the new bands and, and music that I listen to. Um, I wanted to specifically talk about this this week because my playlist this week is fucking hot fire. Uh, it's got some familiar tunes in there. I'm Trying to Break Your Heart by Wilco's on there. Uh, Execution of All Things by Rilo Kiley. Twin Falls by Built to Spill. Some Courtney Barnett. Um, and these are songs that like I haven't listened to recently, but that I know and love, so I wasn't quite sure like how they... Yeah. Caught it in the dragnet, but here they are. But in this one playlist, there's so many bands that I've never heard of before that I really dig. I'm going to play like really short clips of, of a few of the songs. There's a Japanese rock band called Ogre You Asshole uh, that has this really fun song called Balance. And I've listened to it like 20 times in the past couple of days. It's got this kind of like fun, like modest mouse feel to it that I like, I really enjoy. Oh, 
There's a song called Hammond Song by an Irish American folk trio called the Roaches <laughs> on the same this playlist as the Japanese <laughs> rock band called Ogre You Asshole. They're called the Roaches and they were a band in the 70s and I think they're still like performing today. It's I've, like it's I've, like Spotify is like a cool college girlfriend yeah. that you get to have uh, and still be married to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but this band, the Roaches, they, they do these beautiful harmonies and these like really quirky lyrics and it's like so completely my jam and i've never even heard of this band before today so this this is a little bit of uh, a hammond song a slowcore band called snail mail like this cool like indie indie rock fuzzy guitar band um and they have a song on the playlist called thinning and i i the weird thing about this one is i genuinely don't think it sounds like anything i've listened to at all for a long time Uh, but i still really love it and i have no idea how they matched me up to this And so I've always been really curious about how this service works. And so I researched it for this episode. It's really interesting. Uh, Discover Weekly was overseen by a guy named Matthew Ogle. Have you ever heard of Last FM or the website This Is My Jam? I have heard of Last FM. Uh, this Is My Jam is sort of another music-y website where you can share the music that you're listening to in on, on social media. Like you'll type in the name of the song and it'll automatically find like a link to it on YouTube or some other streaming service. And you can share that. And then you can look at like the songs that your friends have been listening to. It's just another sort of social music site this guy matthew ogle was worked worked on these two sites before and from like 2015 to 2017 he worked at spotify overseeing uh discover weekly uh, i think since then he recently left to go work at instagram um and so i found an interview on a website called quartz that explained like how this service worked um and as you might guess like it looks at music that you like. It looks at uh, genres and moods of the kind of music that you're into, and it like compiles data from from that. Um, and that's like how a lot of music recommendation services work, right? Like, oh, you like, uh, you know, you like chip tunes. Okay, here's a here's another chip tune band. Let's see if you like that. Um, what Spotify Discover Weekly does that makes it work so well, and that I think is so fucking cool is that it cross-references like your profile that it builds out of the music that you listen to. It cross-references that data with a, a human element. It looks at the billions of playlists that other users have created. It finds users with a oh. similar profile like you, and it finds playlists that have the songs that you've listened to on them, and then it picks another similar song from that playlist that you've never listened to before so the quartz article breaks it down in the simplest terms if spotify notices that two of your favorite songs tend to appear on playlists along with a third song you haven't heard before it will suggest the new song to you that's so cool so fucking cool to me and it makes this service feel like so much more alive and, and I've used it 
every week for the past two years, it makes it feel way more alive to me, this idea that like, I am only hearing this song because there was somebody else out there with similar taste that I have who is listening to the same music I listen to. And this is just another one of their, it's like I'm being recommended music by like 30 anonymous people who I have a lot of similarities with musically. Uh, and that, the, the, we're having like a, a rainbow connection across the internet. See, I was going to say an American tale, an American tale somewhere out there moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there's, there's another thing that makes it work really well uh, is that it uses deep learning, which is like AI pattern learning, like software uh, that further hones like your profile. For example, when the algorithm is putting together your taste profile, this this learning software, it is smart enough to like recognize outliers based on your listening history. And this is why like on my Discover Weekly, it doesn't recommend songs based on the Sesame Street theme song, which I listen to with Henry every day. It oh, knows, it builds smart. these patterns of, of the types of music I listen to. And then when it finds like a wild outlier, like the Sesame Street theme song, it doesn't go like, okay, well, here's the Fraggle Rock theme song, which don't get me wrong, I would still probably enjoy, <laughs> but like it just leaves it out. That's so much better than like Netflix, for example, when they'll recommend shows to you based on everything you've watched. And a lot of times it's like, this is wrong. Sure. You've I mean, made a bad choice. <laughs> Netflix does not have the, you know, billions of songs that is on Spotify. No, so true. I think they're picking from a much more limited list. And so the heuristics they use don't need to be quite as complex because they just like don't have enough to like show you. Um, but this is, this is, this is remarkable stuff. And I think that. It is technology used in a practical, helpful way that is good for me because I've discovered a lot of new, inspiring, like creatively speaking, music uh, over the past couple of years solely through this service, but also because it helps like smaller bands who make really niche music find their niche audience. Yeah. Uh, by like connecting the the smaller set of, of of audience that they're trying to play for, which I think is really fucking cool. Um, so yeah, that's Spotify Discover Weekly. It's it's. So, I had no idea that it worked in such a complex way. Yeah, like I assumed it was just like it looked at at these little bubbles of like, oh, you like indie rock? Here's more indie rock. But it it does a lot more than that, and it does it by like by connecting you with other people in a way that I think is really neat and ethically questionable, but not as bad as some other stuff going on out there today. <laughs> Fair. Uh, hey, do you want to hear some submissions? Yes. Marshall says, something I think is wonderful are straws that have little spoons on the end. With the weather getting warmer, there's nothing better than eating a slushy with a little spoon on the end of a long straw. Oh, is there, some, is there something fundamentally different between a slushy and a snow cone? Yes, a slushy is drinkable. A snow cone is not. If you drink it, if you, no, no, no. If, you, if somebody can't, well, uh, no, 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 no. A snow cone is not even in like a drinkable shape. Maybe if you like, like chomped off the top of it. But they both use those little straws with spoons. Yeah, I guess that's true. A straw, a straw, a spoon, <laughs> a straw, a sprawn, a sprawn, a strewn. Sprawn <laughs> or strewn? <laughs> strewn is already a word. I'm going to say sprawn. Judah says, now that spring is in full swing, I want to say how wonderful gardening is. It gives you a great excuse to get some sunshine all summer, and the payoff is so sweet when you get to take all those little tomatoes and make the best fucking pasta sauce you've ever had because it's made with love. 
Mm. I love the idea of gardening and don't want to do it. Yeah, both of us love the idea of Oh, gardening. I love it. I think it's so cool. You're making shit from the ground with nothing I like but literally forget seeds. it's an option. Like, I forget that I can do it. We own this property and we could have a garden. We could have a big, beautiful garden, um, but won't. <laughs> Lynn says, something I think is wonderful is that when my parents got married, they only bought one wedding band and cut it into two very thin rings. They did it to save money, but I also think that's symbolic of their love, and I think it is adorable. What a cool idea. Yeah, it's a cool idea. I know this is a very specific one, but I thought it was very neat. Yeah, and don't try this at home if you don't know what you're doing, because I imagine it could be a little dangerous. Step one, (laughs) step one, don't try to do it while it's on your finger. No, 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 no. No. Bad. Bad. Put the saw down. Uh, That's it for this episode. I'm sorry for yelling bad at you, but you know what you did. Um, Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. Uh, You can find a link to that in the episode description. And Max Fun. Thank you, MaximumFun.org, for hosting our podcast and all the other great podcasts. Yeah, podcasts like the Beef and Dairy Network. Podcasts like Lady to Lady. Podcasts. Your mouth made a cool sound when you said that. Did you hear that? (laughs) Yeah, I did. What was that? I, I mean, I don't know. Just some, just, God, the body it's is magic. just wonderland. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, a bunch of podcasts at Maximum Fun. And if you want to hear other shows we do, it's all at McElroyShows.com. And I think that is going to do it. Until next week, this has been wonderful. <sighs> Bye. Money won't MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about butts. No, we don't. Nope. (laughs) Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And and I was too. Butts, 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 butts. No. (laughs) Ready to change your mind?